and welcome to The Lag, the show from New Game Plus where we discuss the games that are too old to be new and too new to be retro, although that's not what we're doing today. I am Alex, the deputy editor of New Game Plus, and I am here as ever with our editor-in-chief, Ollie. Hello! And today, we are here with our brand new staff writer, Daisy. Hello! It's great to finally be on here. <laughs> today, we are not discussing a game. Uh, but in fact, we're discussing a lot of games because we are discussing E3 2021. So let's not wait around. Let's jump straight in to the chat. Woo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so how was everyone's E3s? It was good. It was good. Uh, it was my first proper E3 as a news writer, writing news for Pocket Gamer. So it was a lot busier than usual. I... Most E3s in the past have always been quite chill for me because I can just sort of enjoy them as a viewer or as a freelancer looking up for, you know, upcoming games. But then suddenly I'm now a news writer. It's like, okay, I've got to be I've got to be on the clock 24-7 across these like three or four days, uh, just making sure I cover every single piece of news that comes out. So it was a lot busier. It was fun, but it was a lot busier than usual, which uh, kind of <laughs> kind of wears down on you after a couple of days yeah god um mine was um this was actually like the first time i kind of followed e3 like show to show i think i mean i've obviously always been aware of it but i only started writing about games like less than a year ago so this is uh, yeah i'd already i'd always been aware that it was on at a certain time and i kind of caught the big news but this was the first time i was like properly like being fed news like boom 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 this happened right now blah blah blah, blah. um and it was quite exciting yeah I didn't get to keep up with as much as I wanted to because I think being online, it was just, I don't know, it was quite, it was kind of overwhelming a little bit. So I, there was some I had to catch up with afterwards, but that was fine. Yeah, there was a lot of really interesting stuff. There were some showcases that I really were, was not necessarily let down, but I was just a bit like, mm. eh, okay. I felt like a lot of people found this year's show quite disappointing. I get the feeling. But then, you know, that I feel like, given the kind of year and a half or so we've had like there's bound to be some kind of delay to a lot of games that are in progress and that kind of thing so yeah mm -hmm. i don't know how i feel about that <laughs> yeah exactly like a lot of the games that were in development last year have obviously had some internal delays because of covid and everything um and then like a lot of the games that came out last year like even during the pandemic games that sort of came out between summer and winter like those were already quite far along in development when um covid started slowing everything down so pretty much a lot of things shown at e3 last year did end up um you know like being released on time and stuff and it's only just like 2021 now we're starting to see the actual effects of covid on the industry and seeing all these different mm -hmm. delays and and problematic launches and things like that i think cyberpunk might have been like the the, the first proper see um site towards that and definitely, like, releasing, like, I think because E3 has been digital now the last um, two times, it's been a lot more disorganized. Um, like, people, like, different companies just doing all their different showcases at different times. And it's, you know, it's a bit of a mess when you put it all together. We have a big long list of, um, of like, every single thing that was going on during E3. And it's just, like, five different things a day. Whereas when E3 was a physical event, it was probably, you know, you'd only have about two or three a day, probably. And everything else was that was announced outside of those showcases was done, like, not as a big event, but rather just, like, as a small 
sort of E3 thing. So it was, I think the move to digital definitely made things a lot busier. Yeah, it was so hectic. I just felt like totally bombarded. And, you know, when I was, when I was like trying to work, I just like couldn't because I kept being distracted by like something new being announced. Mm. And I was like, damn it. (laughs) I also think it's really interesting how people sort of stand on certain showcases because like I saw a lot of like discussion about how like for example like some of the first things that happened in E3 were things like the Gorilla Collective um and uh the Wholesome Direct and like a lot of more indie showcases and a lot of people just seem to be talking about how E3 starts after all of them I'm like well no it doesn't they are part of E3 and Mm. they're a really cool part of E3 like there are so many cool indie games coming out in the near future but like a surprising amount of people were kind of like, no, I don't care. And I'm like, really? Yeah, I feel like, especially this year, like, because I think there were fewer uh, AAA titles being kind of announced and talked about um, than usual, indie games really had the chance to shine, which I think is really great. Mm. Um, We saw loads of really cool new ones be announced. Yeah, indies was definitely like the sort of the star of the show. So, so Mm. much like... You know, you've got smaller teams working on these games, so obviously COVID hasn't. COVID does affect these teams, but it doesn't affect them as drastic as drastically as it would have with like a triple A team. You know, like a team of developers. You know, say like fifty to one hundred developers all having to work together is a lot more complicated to manage during a pandemic than it is, say, like a small game worked on by like three people at home. Um, so that is i guess that is why like if you're a, if you're a big indie fan like the c3 was actually really good because there's just there was just mm. so many like cool announcements and so many cool reveals that um you know like even if you weren't if you weren't that bothered about triple a xbox square enix that kind of stuff then the indies was there for you yeah absolutely speaking of cool announcements and cool reveals uh, what we're planning on doing is we're just going to kind of chat about things um, and I was going to push over to Ollie first of all. What were some of the cool announcements and reveals that you found? Oh, blimey. Starting with me, are we? <laughs> yeah, right into the deep end. Well, I guess, like, for me, there was, like, you know, obviously there were so many indies I enjoyed, but I also, um, in terms of, like, like AAA bigger announcements as well, there was, there was quite a few things that, that appeared during E3 that I quite liked the look of. And um, we finally got a uh, look at Starfield, which was nice. Like a proper trailer for Starfield was really cool, which we still like don't know a whole lot about, but we know it's going to be like Bethesda's next big RPG and sort of like, mm. I guess it's like their jumping off point for a new, like sort of testing a new, testing the waters of a new sort of RPG franchise like they have with Fallout and Elder Scrolls. Um, so it was really cool to see uh, get a closer look at Starfield, even if it was just like a small CG trailer. Um, it looks mm. very much like a like a new sci-fi uh, kind of thing, uh, probably like a little bit different from Fallout and Elder Scrolls in that it feels a bit more. I don't want to say realistic, but it feels like a bit more grounded than Fallout and Elder Scrolls, which might be an interesting way to sort of put it. So Starfield is definitely like, I think it's definitely up there as like one of the like most hyped RPGs that's coming out um, in the future. Uh, and it's obviously, it's going to be one of Bethesda's first games to come out after the acquisition from Microsoft. So it's going to be a Xbox and PC exclusive, <laughs> which I know understandably uh, kind of upsets quite a lot of people, um, people who are particularly playing on PlayStation that won't be able to play that without having an xbox or pc yeah r.i.p me 
<laughs> both of us. Yeah, no, we're, we're PlayStation people and I'm not a PC gamer either, so... <laughs> Well, I guess the the cool thing about Xbox is the fact that now they're they're pushing this cloud gaming thing um, onto devices that aren't just like Xboxes or PCs. So you could play like you can play games on Game Pass now um, that are just like on your phone just through the the cloud app. So like if you had a good mm. internet connection, that's how you could play. Like you don't have to get dedicated hardware for it. You could just play it on your phone with a decent enough internet connection and be able to play like all these awesome games that are coming to Game Pass. So I guess that's like maybe they're all they're on about <laughs> we'll like <see. laughs> they're on about putting it on like TVs and stuff as well, like trying to get it on as many devices as possible, I guess, um, just to see like like get people into the Xbox ecosystem. So it's a pretty cool way, I guess, of making their games like still like exclusive to their platform, but at the same time making them a lot more accessible to more people. Yeah, um, something uh, this really kind of stupid reaction I had to Starfield being. <laughs> um shown like more stuff of it was um at my uni we had this um uh kind of music festival called starfields and it literally is exactly <laughs> the same logo oh, <laughs> as no. starfield so i was like whoa what's going on here like is this a game is this a music festival i was so confused <laughs> um but yeah <laughs> for me I, I remember i was watching a starfield trailer and being like huh I don't really like space games. I, did, I just never noticed this before. I'm not really, I don't really play many like games set in space or anything. It's like just not my kind of vibe. I much prefer sort of fantasy RPGs and stuff like that. And I was just watching it like, huh. I kind of know what you mean because I'm playing Mass Effect at the moment and I'm like, do I like space? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm only on the first one, but still I'm like, hmm. But then I love Star Wars. So I'm like, Star Wars games are quite fun. Um so don't know <laughs> yeah. i think it looks very promising it might change my mind who knows i guess this is where this is where we differ because i i, I like space games <laughs> and uh, there's quite a lot i'm just looking at my list of like e3 games now and there's quite a few of them on there that have quite space themed oh, true. Um, yeah. and i just i literally just finished playing um this game called observation um on game pass which is like a proper it's like set on a space station you play as an ai trying to guide a an astronaut around the damaged space station and it's just like i, I kept thinking thinking about it um this week while like watching looking at like trailers for space other space games and it's like yeah that's one of the best space games i've ever played maybe we just need to play more space games and then we'll find a good like a one that we really like maybe <laughs> yeah maybe that should be the next episode of the lag we'll have a find a space game to play <laughs> <laughs> you said there were other space games on your e3 list what where else tell us uh well i think uh i think this one definitely came as a surprise um during the square enix uh presentation um, but they announced the new guardians of the galaxy game uh fully single player so it's not like people i think people first saw this and thought it was going to be like a like a, a spin-off or an add-on to the avengers um but no guardians of the galaxy is like a full-on like single player game um not a live service game which i thought was surprising actually because I, I think when i first saw guardians of the galaxy I, uh, in the in the presentation i thought it was going to just be some kind of like avengers sort of spin-off but it was really cool to see that Square Enix sort of took that criticism of Avengers on board and probably repurposed some single-player content out of this version of Guardians of the Galaxy. And I think I really liked the the vibe of the trailer it sort of brought because I think a lot of people's modern understanding of Guardians of the Galaxy is like the movies, like the recent Disney movies. 
Mm. Um, and I think the trailer sort of went into that and sort of appealed to that. Um, but it also sort of looks like it's going for its own thing rather than like trying to live up to the films. Because I think that was another sort of point of criticism people made about the the Avengers game was the fact that like a lot of the characters in that sort of resembled their movie counterparts and it didn't it just kind of looked a bit boring in comparison to like the characters as they appeared in the comics so it looks it's, it's it looks quite good that Guardians of the Galaxy seems to be going for its own sort of big cosmic vibe which is look really nice and it looks really fun to play i quite liked that they spent a bit of time on that like i think they spent like the first 15 minutes or so of the presentation yeah it's just quite on, a long like, time i seem to remember it was wasn't it yeah alex you're quite a big marvel fan aren't you like how do you feel about this i am so excited for this i am so pumped because <laughs> yeah i'm a huge marvel fan i wrote my dissertation on marvel um and i i think you made a really good point ollie and it's like they lean into the vibes of the film without doing anything else like you can the characters are modelled more after their comic book equivalents. They seem to be um, introducing new villains that are not from any movies that anyone would recognise. They're probably like villains from comics that a lot of people will not know and will get to experience for the first time in the game, which is a much better decision. I So I never even played the Marvel The Avengers game because it had such a bad response and it was so expensive at the time. And I was just like there is no point i don't want to do this it's just gonna make me sad but this looks so much fun it kind of gave me vibes of like a jedi fallen order and the way that it's like clearly part of a bigger universe and one that we're quite familiar with with star wars but it still feels quite distinct so i am very pumped for that i'm so excited for that absolutely yeah i think it's so important for it to be a single player game as well like i think when people People were so like upset that Avengers was like a live service game, and it had a big focus on like you know keeping keeping its players uh, happy with like multiplayer content and things like that. And people, I think people more wanted to just play like a big single player campaign for the Avengers, and it's like they were just mm-hmm. a bit disappointed it was over in about ten hours, and it wasn't as it wasn't quite as epic as um, Square Enix had sort of said. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. really nice to see that this game might be going in that direction with that. And I'd imagine yeah. there probably will be like some kind of crossover between the two games. I'd imagine they'll probably put some like some nods to Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers when that comes out. But um, keeping them both separate is quite a nice touch, I think, in terms of like yeah. how you play them. Regarding the um, Avengers game, like I was never that interested in it because um, like anyone who knows me knows I'm like not a massive Marvel fan. <laughs> um, uh, apologies, everyone. <laughs> but um but I do have to say, like, like seeing Guardians of the Galaxy at the showcase and everything, um, the fact that it is kind of single player kind of vibe like that, it's just much more my kind of game. Um, and I would actually maybe play it because <laughs> it does just look like so much fun, even though like the kind of general universe I'm not like totally into. Like, I think as a game, it looks just like so, so, so much fun that you can just have a great time with. Absolutely, yeah. Since you left off, Daisy, do you want to tell us about one of your picks for sure. anything that stood out for you? Um, um, I'd like to maybe pick an indie, um, as we've been Ooh. talking about the AAA, Sable, um, which is um, yeah, kind of an indie game. Wait, let me get the developer up. Um, <laughs> um, developed by I should know this. 
um, shed works. Um, and it looks just absolutely stunning. I've, um, I've seen over the kind of last couple of months, a few kind of gameplay, um, like kind of clips that have surfaced on like Twitter. Um, so I was kind of aware of this, um, beforehand, but yeah, it essentially, it just kind of, you're just kind of a little guy, like running around in this beautiful kind of environment, which looks very much like, um, so I'm quite a big fan of, uh, Mobius, who is this, um, comic artist, um, kind of in the same line, like same area of kind of comic, um, drawing and that kind of thing as uh like Hergé so that kind of thick outline pastely solid colors um but it's kind of transposed from that kind of you know 2D plane into a kind of 3D environment which looks amazing um and I'm so pumped for this it just looks so beautiful it kind of gives me like journey vibes a bit mm-hmm. um which I love <laughs> amazing game um and yeah I just I just cannot wait to play this and just, it it looks like something I would replay a lot as well. Um, It's also open world, which I tend to quite enjoy. Um, And I just, I just really can't wait to explore this absolutely stunning environment. Have you uh, had a chance to check out the demo yet? I haven't, but like, I kind of don't, I'm not really a huge demo person because I would rather wait um, so I can experience it all fully. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I am very excited, <laughs> and it, I think it comes out in September, so it's not it's not not too far away. It's not on PlayStation though, so I'll need to. I think you can get it on Mac though. So, oh no, no, it is PlayStation. I lie, I lie. <laughs> <laughs> what a roller coaster we just. Wiki- went on. Wikipedia is not <laughs> reliable. Sable, I completely agree. Their style is so gorgeous, and it does it does have those journey vibes. But I think like the fact that it is open world, and has its own style that is very distinctive from something like that means that the comparison is you know easy to make but I think can only go so far because it's still very much its own thing I'm really excited to see it also the soundtrack is by Japanese Breakfast and I'm just like vibes yes please (laughs) no yeah just absolutely stunning please give it to me I will eat it whole (laughs) I I must consume (laughs) you must consume I must yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely with you there. I think the the vibes are impeccable. Uh, I, <laughs> I did try out the demo on um, Xbox, and yeah, like I won't say too much about it because, like, um, but like, yeah, it was it was very much like the sort of indie game it's hyped up to be, and I, I particularly love like the details they put into the environment, despite it being such a like you know, it's not like a it's not a graphic style that invites like too much detail, but at the same time they like sort of pack a lot into a little which is really nice um particularly love seeing like all the different like details on like the ruins and the rocks and stuff that you can see in the game so it's it's quite a nice uh thing to play um yeah so i yeah consider me hyped like when's that come out <laughs> is that later uh, this september year? 23rd Ooh, i believe not long very, yeah, no, it's really not long. There are a lot of really, games really coming cool. out in September. I feel like the, I feel yeah. like there are at least like about ten announcements at E three that of games that are coming in September. That means you don't have to wait, which is nice. Is there anything else you want to mention? We'll give you one more pick, and then 
I will chat about something I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> what me? Um, oh, mm-hmm. oh, um, oh! I'd like, I'd like to mention. I, I love how actually I am mentioning space games when um, I said I'm not <laughs> into space games. But um, um, I'd like to mention another indie, um, Citizen Sleeper, which I don't know if you caught. It looks like weirdly, it doesn't really look like the kind of game I've played much of before. But for some reason, it just really, really intrigues me. It's um, it's developed by Jump Over the Age, who did another indie game uh, relatively recently called In Other Waters, which was um, I haven't actually played myself, but it, it looks phenomenal and like everyone said, it was amazing. Um, and it's kind of like it has very um, tabletop influences, um, and I think the tagline is something like, "What was it?" It's like role playing in the ruins of interplanetary capitalism. Exactly. And I'm like, wow, that sounds fascinating. Who doesn't want to role play in the ruins of interplanetary capitalism? <laughs> and um, yeah, it just I, I, I genuinely cannot like tell you much about it because I don't think it's very um, forthcoming. Um, but the gameplay looks um, when they say like role playing they really do mean role playing they mean like it's very much taken from kind of ttrpgs um like they have you kind of roll dice and things like that um within the game to um that's the gameplay you know um so there's lots of kind of flexibility and freedom with um that and um yeah i think there's a lot of choice involved there but you know i know choice um driven games are very much kind of saturated the industry a lot but this looks like a really different way of doing that and yeah i just i'm very fascinated and the art looks absolutely stunning um and it's it's it looks kind of slightly like cyberpunky i guess because it's very futuristic but like not in a kind of way that we've seen so much of it looks truly different um and i i kind of have no idea what what to expect (laughs) at all but um, it just fascinates me. I cannot wait to just try it. Mm-hmm. I noticed this one as well in the mm. it was the summer games. It's PC gaming show, I think. The kind of the fact that it has the dice and the very clear uh, TTRPG influence mm-hmm. really intrigued me as someone who obviously plays as well. And like, I don't know. I'm just really intrigued to see it in play because I can't think of any other game where I've had to roll a dice to like have an action like take place other than you know playing it in actual D games or other rpgs so i want to see how that actually works mm. on your computer because like i just think it's really interesting yeah it's just so creative like and just mm. i just haven't really seen anything like it before which is why i was like hmm, what is this i will take this <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> i'm glad you're excited for it as well <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think I missed this one, um, but I did play in other waters, and I have to, I got to admit I wasn't like that into it that much. Oh really? I'm sorry to say. Um, I mean, I haven't played it, so but I'm I'm still gonna play it. <laughs> I don't care what you say. <laughs> no, that's fine. But yeah, but like yeah, yeah, you know, like it, it, I'm looking at the Steam page right now, and it look I quite like the graphics and the the sort of art style of it, so it looks quite nice. So keep an eye on it. I am going to segue from that into an indie that I want to talk about and that I briefly mentioned prior to recording and neither of my co-hosts here seemed to remember it, which made me very upset because <laughs> I want to talk about 
Omno, <laughs> which is a little indie game. I believe it is a debut from um, developer Jonas Mank. I don't know how you say his surname. I'm sorry, Jonas. Um, and I, I've been following this game for a little while, like even prior to E3, um, because I came upon it during some research for my work. And we've already had one game that has this sort of journey-esque nature to it. And Omno gives me the same vibes. There's something about its art style that's so comforting and really cozy. Like, if you've got the Steam page up, or if you're listening to it, pull it up on Google or something. It just has loads of, like, soft edges and, like, these gorgeous, like, colours of sunsets and, like, clouds. And you just have to, you just have to wander through different areas of this world. There are some, like, forests. There are, like, snowy areas. There are deserts. There are like giraffes that you can like make friends with and you can do sand surfing. And it just looks really cute. It looks like a game that I want to put on my Switch after I've had a busy day or a stressful day or something and just sort of like vibe with, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's very, uh, I've had the Steam page up now for like the past 20 minutes and they've got like this looping gameplay segment on the on the page and <laughs> yeah and it, it's very much it, i guess the, you could describe the graphics as like voxel based i guess like it's all quite blocky and um soft uh it looks mm-hmm. really nice i think uh, i hadn't caught this at all during it was shown during gorilla correct collective and i sort of missed this but it looks yeah like i'm really i'm really enjoying the way it looks and it looks I guess it looks sort of like a mix of like, you know, adventuring and like platforming and puzzle solving, mm. I guess. Um, and I really like the look of like this, this particularly is this one level, which is like in a forest. Um, and you can see like these old ancient ruins and stuff. And it looks, looks like quite a nice thing to play. Mm. And I also love on, on the Steam page, it says that uh, the developer is a father of three. It just like drops that in. I mean, that's so wholesome. Mm. <laughs> But yeah, no, it looks lovely. I agree. Um, I, I didn't catch this either. I mean, I vaguely remember the name being mentioned, but yeah, the diversity of terrain in there looks really, mm. really nice. And these those big creatures in like the forest, like, what is that? <laughs> what are they? I want to touch them. <laughs> it looks so good. I also really appreciate the fact that they, like, the character you play as head looks kind of like an onion. Yeah, I was going to say that. And I'm like, is this why you like it, Alex? <laughs> I really like onions, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've just, I've been following this for a little while, then I it popped up again at E3 and I was just like, oh, this is so exciting. And yeah, I I have high hopes for this. I think it's just going to be a real nice experience. Oh, when does that come out? Oh, that's also September. Yeah, and it's coming out on like most consoles, which is real cool. We love that. Now I've spoken about one indie. I'm going to move straight on to one that is not an indie. Triple A, and it's uh, this is the one that I think both of you two knew I was going to talk about <laughs> because I was yelling about this <laughs> at the time. But um, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, the spin-off from the Borderland series, except it's D and D essentially, <laughs> and I am so excited because like one of the things I love about the Borderland series is that. Again, this is kind of funny because I was saying I don't play space games, but Borderlands is technically a space game. You do <laughs> These are all play space, in space games. <laughs> but no, 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 no. Daisy, hear me out. The thing is, Borderlands is a space game that has no 
it, it, it's set in space and that's about it it's a it's a western borderlands mm. 2 is a west it's a cowboy game it really is borderlands 3 i think gets the tone slightly wrong and becomes a lot more cypher than it does like a western or fantasy inspired but borderlands 2 it's it's a space western with the emphasis on the western and that's so much fun but there's a dlc in borderlands 2 um where you get to play you are basically sucked into uh, a game of Dungeons and Dragons that's being DM'd by Tiny Tina in a way to come to terms with her grief over a loss of someone in the story. And it's like the best DLC out of all of the Borderlands DLCs, I swear by it. And so the fact that they've like honed in on that, and so we're getting this, which also has Andy Sandberg and, um, oh my God, what's the other guy? someone else in it um, who is it i'm not quite sure but i remember andy sandberg you mentioned it was andy sandberg and um oh uh, the, uh bojack horseman oh yeah <laughs> will, oh. Arnett. will arnett will arnett yes <laughs> <laughs> they're both like gonna be voices in it and then obviously we have ashley butch back as the tiny tina and it's tiny tina as opposed to like normal size tina who like grows up in borderlands 3 it's kind of sad um I just think this is amazing. I'm just so here for it. Because we also get the guns, but we get, like, magic guns. Yeah, I've never... I've only, like, dabbled in, like, I think Borderlands 2, but literally for, like, an hour when I needed a multiplayer game to play with someone. And, like, not... I didn't... I I think I I enjoyed it, what I played, but I just, like, for some reason just didn't carry on with it. Um, And... But this looks, like, so much fun in it, and it really wants... It makes me want to kind of start borderlands and really get involved in that universe because i know so many people absolutely swear by it including you (laughs) so um and it just looks so much fun and just like when you know in the trailer when like the unicorn comes through i'm like what the fuck is this absolutely yeah because it announces all like the big voice actors and then it's suddenly like (laughs) this butt unicorn and i'm like yes yes um why is this so amazing (laughs) So yeah, I'm it's very a, it's keen. It's a great <laughs> reference to the second game. You've got to play it just for Butt Stallion. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ollie? I mean, I'm the same as you, Daisy. Like, I played an hour of Borderlands 1. I played an hour of Borderlands 2. And that's about as far as my experience with the whole series goes. So I I guess I would try this out. I don't know how, like, how much it links to Borderlands in terms of, like you know, like, law connections and things like mm-hmm. that, but I would definitely give it a go. I mean, you you say that as if you have a choice. It's got four-player co-op, which so, is the first time Borderlands have done so that. You're, yeah, let's do so, it. You're going to force us to play it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I don't I don't think it's going to be connected to the main law, and it's more of a just a spin-off, kind of uh, almost like a... So my brain went to say fan fiction, which I guess is the right way of talking about it, but I don't know. Um, I just think it looks great. It looks like everything that I would like in a game. So, of course, I'm talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember, like, as soon as I saw it was announced, I did send you, like, a big message, like, Alex, this is is your game. This is a game for you. It's D&D meets Borderlands. (laughs) (sighs) Someone, someone heard, answered my dreams, my prayers. It's amazing. Anyway. Let us loop back round. Let's see. I think we could probably fit in 
a couple more each. We've been mm-hmm. recording for 35 minutes. We can do a couple more. Let's go. Ollie, shoot. Uh, so did either of you see the trailer for Lake? I did. Mm. I'm very... Yeah, that looked quite interesting. Very, a lot of people are quite excited for that. I'm very hyped for Lake, yes. It's a... I guess it's like a adventure sort of narrative driven game where you play as this you play as this woman she's like in, she lives in the city she's hard working she takes no shit she thinks damn I need to like catch a break I need to go back to my hometown for a few weeks so she does and she ends up delivering mail in this like really quiet like you know twin peaks style town um it's it's a very it looks like it's a very peaceful game it's very wholesome it's very like you just literally just driving like a post truck around this town and delivering parcels and letters to people and then there's like like a bunch of story that happens in between those bits and it's such a like i played the demo as well because the demo is out now and it's such a lovely game it's just so like peaceful and slow like it's a slow burn you know it's like slow in a really good way it's just like such a nice setting to to exist in so it's like it's a lot different from like some of my other games that I've chosen. Like it's a lot different from like Guardians of the Galaxy or Starfield in terms of pacing. But um, it's a it's a game that I'll definitely be keeping an eye on and be checking out once it releases in fall. And did you did you mm-hmm. two check this out? I saw the trailer um, and I I did like the look of it. Um, I it, I made a very long list. I, yeah, I kind of made like a long list of games I was interested in, and then I like cut it down to more of a short list. Mm. And it was on a long <laughs> list, definitely. Um, also because I just saw, I feel like I've seen a lot of people on Twitter talking about it. Yeah. Um, um, more than like a lot of other indies um, that were that were shown at E3. So yeah, definitely um, I'm interested. It looks super chill and who doesn't like those chill vibes? It's like, <laughs> there's like in the demo, like you meet some of these characters and they each have like their own like interesting personalities. Like, and you'll obviously go and deliver mail to them more over the course of the game. So you get to know them through like, what they get delivered to them and stuff and there's like this lady there's like this old lady who like has about seven cats and she's great i love her <laughs> she like you 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 walk, you walk up to her house and before you've even started talking to her you can see like three cats on her lawn and it's amazing <laughs> she like answers the door and there's a cat on her shoulder <laughs> we love a kooky npc <laughs> live for them would die for them <laughs> how about you alex what do you think of lake I, i'm quite similar to, to daisy like i saw this and i just think it's got a real nice wholesome vibe to it and it actually made me think something I wanted to bring up at some point was how I think I'm trying to do this off the top of my head so I may be a little bit wrong but I think someone did the maths and figured out that 33% of games featured at E3 this year um featured no violence there's no combat fe- like elements Ooh, I saw that uh, too which yeah is the highest it's yeah which is the highest it's been at least for a while if not ever um which is still wild considering it's 33% um, and I think that's really cool. And like, I feel like Lake is just like a really good example of like, you don't always need to have action and have combat for a real good time. And this this looks like a really nice time. And I'm just intrigued to see how the narrative progresses because like I feel like there's a lot of I don't know. It just I just want to know what's what's happening with with her life. Why is she back? What's happening? I don't know. I just want to know. What's the deal? It seems really interesting. <laughs> Yeah, what's the deal? What you doing? <laughs> but yeah, I'm a little upset that it's not going to be available on any console that I play on. So I don't oh have a no. PC. It's it's. I think it's coming to. I think it's coming to Xbox first, but Lake will be coming to um, PS4 
5 and Switch. I don't have a I think. PS5. PS4, 5 and Switch, I think. <laughs> Switch. Switch will do. Possibly. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I remember, like I recall, like it's coming to Xbox first and then other platforms later on, so. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. It's got, it just looks really wholesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it, really. Full stop. Wholesome. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Daisy. Oh, am I doing one? Okay, it's a roulette to see who gets like the most turns. <laughs> oh my gosh, terrifying. Um, okay, this is a bit of a wild one, but I saw, I, I, when we were talking about um, Tiny Tina, it kind of reminded me of it because um, in the trailer of Tiny Tina, you're kind of just like in a fantasy realm, whatever, you're like chilling out and then suddenly like a gun is brought out and it's like, pow, 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 pow. And that really reminded me of um, Powell World. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Which is a kind of similar, co- I mean, not a similar concept, but like a very much the gun surprise you. And it's funny because you were talking about how, how like, oh, so many games don't have violence, except Foul World is literally Pokemon, but violent, but like super violent. Mm-hmm. And um, I think everyone was talking about this um, a couple of weeks ago, actually, um, before E3, um, when a, it was a kind of announced or a trailer was released or something. And um, it's absolutely, it's just genuinely so hilarious. Um, and I shared it with all my work colleagues and they were like, what the hell is this? Um, and yeah, essentially it's it's just kind of an open world Pokemon game, which is like immediately attractive, right? Um, except you have guns and like Pokemon are like enslaved in factories as well, <laughs> or like whatever they're called, they're called pals or something, but they're essentially Pokemon, like they're gonna get sued by Nintendo. <laughs> because the designs are the same <laughs> it's just so silly um and then you can like there's this bit in the trailer where you can, the the main character or whatever um the player character like uses like essentially a wooloo like the sheep pokemon sheep to like as a shield to deflect gunfire and i'm like what is this what is going on like am i dreaming <laughs> um this is completely insane so i'm kind of in two minds about it where i'm like I, I desperately hate this so much. What has it done to my one of my favourite uh, franchises of all time um, that I grew up with that is this wholesome um, comfort game to me. But on the other hand, I'm like, this looks fucking crazy. I really want to play it. <laughs> I have in my notes from like when I was watching, I saw it in the Indie Live Expo. My note wrote, my note wrote, I have written in my notes, Pokemon, but guns and active exploitation. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. it. It's such a weird one. Because, like, <laughs> it's funny because I know that lots of people talk about Pokemon and being like, well, in the real world, people would use them in these ways. So why don't they do that in in Pokemon? And it's because it's a wholesome franchise where we love Pokemon and we don't want to throw them in front of yeah. a, a gunfire and then just throw them after they're dead. <laughs> and then just throw it, like toss it to the side. Like you're used now. Like I've made my use of you. It's, it's and it's so weird. It brings up a lot of like really interesting issues. And um, like you say, like with how people say, well, you know, in the real world, it will be like this. Like I've definitely, there's a bit in the trailer where, um, um, because you know a lot a big thing in the Pokemon games is that you like go fishing and then that's how you catch like Magikarp or whatever and then turn it into a Gyarados eventually and um, that is like quite a kind of long process and like I remember thinking when I was like learning about um, 
electricity at school and stuff <laughs> as like a child. I was like, well, if, you know, you can't put a hairdryer in a bath because it will electrocute you, why don't you just put an electric Pokemon in the lake and then it will like kill all the fish and then you can eat forever or whatever. <laughs> or, or just like summon them all to battle or something. Um, and then in the trailer, it literally does that. And I'm like, that was my idea. So you stole it, but okay. <laughs> um, but no, it's just stuff like that where... Um, all these what if questions um, that I've always had about Pokemon because it's such a, you know, it's such an important world to me. Um, it was literally, I think it was the first game I ever owned, honestly. Um, on I had, I got Pokemon Sapphire on my Game Boy Advance and that was like my first game. Um, so it really, really means a lot to me. And I got really, really um, invested and I've like pretty much played a game from every, um, uh, what's it called? I don't generation? Know, any generation that's it <laughs> um and so yeah this just it's it it offends me but it intrigues me <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of things in life i guess <laughs> same just same I, I don't have much more to add to that but yeah same <laughs> okay for me i think the last one that i really want to talk about um was we are ofk which is, it's another indie game. It's like developed and published by Team OFK. And it's about the coming together of the band OFK. So it's like a sort of real life story. Um, and they're like an actual band, like they've released some music and I think they're like planning on releasing more. And I think it's this, it seems like a really interesting collaboration where the game is happening at the same time as their music career is taking off. And the it's like about the same thing. Like it's just a really cool premise. Um, and it's essentially very cinematic. And like both of you know this and people who like know me from the lag and stuff will know I'm a big fan of like narrative heavy games. And this kind of looks like it's playing out almost like an interactive series more than just a game, which I'm really intrigued by and like it just looks really interesting I love the art style it's so gorgeous this is very like modern clean lines ah oh, I just it's really pretty yeah it looks really cool and I, I really like how in like the steam description it's described as an interactive EP which I find very fascinating so it's like very because mm -hmm. like you see a lot of kind of collaborations between the game industry and the music industry um like, I don't know, it's very, very different, but like with like League of Legends and like KDA, um, like kind of releasing music, like as a kind of virtual pop group, but like for a game um, and that kind of thing. So I think I really like it when, um, I think it's nice that an indie game is kind of exploring the kind of junctures between um, industries. Um, and it seems to be very much about the music industry um, mm -hmm. rather than just music, because, you know, they're trying to make it, aren't they? like paying rent and dating it's like their whole lives and um no it looks really really cool I, I did kind of miss it um I I don't remember seeing this at all to be honest so I'm really glad you've brought it to my attention I'll definitely be I'm glad to they at the beginning of the wholesome direct showcase they had a performance uh, um like a interactive a, or a virtual performance I think it was by OFK oh um, cool yeah I love that stuff yeah I don't I know just, how I, I just it. think it's so cool <laughs> Yeah, so they're like a real band, right? Not just like, it's not like just like a meta thing for the game. It's like, I guess it's like... Well, that's the thing. 
it's like I I couldn't say for sure because they have they they have released some music, but the like music video is the version. It's like the game selves right. singing. So like it could be meta. I don't think it is. I just think they started writing music and then went we could make a game out of this like this story would be really cool in a game and they went well why don't we do that and while we're writing music and releasing music we could do it through the game and then just sort of find this new space that hasn't really been like explored before between these two industries like it just seems really unique like a a good way to link the two which is quite nice yeah, I like that. I look, I look at the Steam page now. Um, I, I did catch this when it was on in the was it the Wholesome Direct or wherever it was. Um, but I'm looking at it again now, and I'm uh, I'm enjoying the sort of the, the graphic style. Um, mm. And I'm watching. Oh, I'm looking sorry. at this GIF of the characters performing on stage, and it looks really nice. Truly, I'm just I'm excited. I also just like the fact that it looks quite modern. Like it seems very um, earnest. I guess. Like I feel like with anything where you tackle like this type of storyline where it's like you know are they gen z i don't know i don't really understand those terms but like (laughs) that sort of age range like a lot of the time it can be done really badly but it just looks very sincere and very personal which i'm like yeah i'm here for this story yeah absolutely and it looks like i really like those stories of like um like how did this band come together like how did they all meet um, how did they deal with each other? Blah, blah, blah. I think that's just, it's a really cool mm-hmm. uh, thing to cover in a game. Like I haven't seen it, that kind of thing covered in a game before, um, personally. It's probably in a lot of visual yeah. novels that I haven't yet <laughs> played, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like quite, it's quite interesting. So I think for the, the last like sort of five, 10 minutes of this episode, we should do like a little quick fire thing where I just list through some of the games on my list and we sort of give a short impressions on what we think about it. Yeah, let's give it a shot. Okay. Let's go. Let's go through my Bring list. All right, let's start with let's start with a big one. Let's start with Elden Ring. Yeah, I was Oof. gonna mention this. Um yes. Yes. <laughs> just yes. Just yes, just give it to me. Hidetaka Miyazaki and George R. R. Martin sign me up. <laughs> like I know everyone's been like speculating about it for ages because it wasn't announced in like twenty nineteen and no one has heard anything since. Mm-hmm. Um and so it was a lot of people's hope that something would be revealed at either. And I, I do think I do think this is probably the highlight of most people's E3s uh, because it was it's just so so anti- like highly anticipated and um it's it's one of my definitely one of my highlights. Um I'm a massive well I kind of was and still am a massive Game of Thrones a Song of Ice and Fire fan. Um and especially I think if um George R. R. Martin is doing a lot of the world building because I think that's his strongest suit. Um and yeah, it just I I haven't actually played any other from um from software games. Um so but like I do have Dark Souls ready to play. I just need to get to it. I'm just very, very, very scared because it looks <laughs> so hard. Um but the 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 vibes, um the darkness, the delicious darkness, I don't know, it just yes. Please give it to me. And like the kind of grotesqueness of all the, the monsters and everything. It just looks insane. Yeah, please. <laughs> I'm so pumped for this. I think I mentioned this as my um, ones I was looking forward to in 2021, but obviously didn't happen. But now it's back and I'm very excited. Hell yeah. So yeah, I did give you a quick take. That was very long. Don't worry. Right, let's, <laughs> next one. I, just, I forgot about that. Life is strange, true colours. Yes. Oh. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, yes. Yes, please. Um, I love this series. I recently played the second one. Um, 
and yeah i just i know it's being it's made by a different developer now isn't it yeah but... it's made by the before the storm team uh deck nine is it right yeah i like that this one true color seems to be going back to like the small town like uh, single location vibes of the first game rather than the sort of like, like i love life is strange too but i think the the sort of setting can be a bit feel a bit disjointed at times just because you keep going mm, from place agreed. to place yeah it looks great and i love the kind of how the, the 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 new power is like empathy right yeah i think that, that a lot of interesting like moral conundrums can be presented mm. with that kind of uh, power yeah totally agree forza horizon 5 um eh. no no <laughs> i not really uh not a racing, like not, a a, not a driving <laughs> game person. I can't drive in any game. I can't drive in real life. <laughs> yeah. But you can have fun with that, Ollie. I'm, enjoy- I'm going to enjoy it, but yeah. Okay, Pat you on the enough. head. All right. WarioWare, get it together. Yes. Wario. I love WarioWare on, um, on Wii. I think it was on Wii. I just loved it. It's just so much fun. I love mini games. Um, and they're so silly and wacky. And... Yes, I just think it's so much fun, and I can't wait to see what they do with this new one. I've never actually played a WarioWare. Nor have I. What? That's a sin. I was thinking of getting the 3DS one because, um, like, I saw on the like the because I'm such a basic person. I was like looking at the the cover art and seeing all the stuff on there, and it said like 300 <laughs> mini games, and I'm like, huh, okay, why not 300 <laughs> mini games? It's a lot of mini games. It's quite like I guess yeah. like that that's really appealing for people who want to play like short like playthrough kind of things if you just want to pick it up for like 20 minutes mm-hmm. or so you can go through like so many mini games in that time it's the same with like it's, mario yeah. party and games like that isn't it it's just like you have such a diverse experience with different things and you can play with a lot of friends like and it's very much yeah. like even if you do just play single player um you can just like pass it to the next person for another game or whatever um and yeah it's just yeah yeah it's smooth moves i just looked it up it's smooth moves very well smooth moves that i played on wii um Hmm. Yeah, so many good memories <laughs> that I'm like now just like bubbling to the surface about that. <laughs> Twelve minutes. I have heard of it before. It's um the kind of isn't it kind of top down? Yeah, and it's like a mystery thing. Like it's a loop. It's a it's a sci-fi yeah it's a sci-fi mystery set in one room and uh there's like a time loop going on so you have to like you keep looping through this this different thing i guess it's like a time loop of 12 minutes as the title implies and uh yeah there's like it's like a mystery going on i believe there's a murder the, the trailers are still a little bit ambiguous around like what what exactly is going on in this game but i think i think it looks like a i think like it looks like a really interesting mystery game that is coming out very Annapurna? soon yes it is it's published yes. by Annapurna. yeah okay i do know the one also it has a phenomenal voice cast it looks mm. like James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, Willem Dafoe. Yep. Um, that's very interesting to me. Um, I, I thought I hadn't heard of it, and I have. That's nice. <laughs> a few more. Metroid Dread. I've never played Metroid, but I've Ooh. always been intrigued by it. So I think this is exciting and a good place to sort of jump in on it. That's my my hot take. It's the first <laughs> 2D Metroid in like nearly 20 years. So mm. it's quite exciting. I don't have a huge history with this series, but I do remember playing Zero Mission on my Game Boy Advance, and I remember very much enjoying it. So I would definitely pick this up. <laughs> a lot of memes going around about it because <laughs> um, it's kind of dropped out of nowhere. I feel um, no one was really expecting it. Hmm. Okay, I think uh, it could probably fit in two more. Okay, Back for Blood. 
Did you see any back for blood at all? All I know is that it's like relevant to Left 4 Dead, which I also <laughs> don't know much about. So, <laughs> Alex, you played Left 4 Dead, right? I haven't. Oh, really? I thought you had. Mm-mm. No. Uh, it's like, I think the best way to describe Back for Blood is it's by the same team that made Left 4 Dead um, originally, um, before Valve sort of swooped in and finished it off. But it's like often regarded as like one of the best co-op games of all time, just because of how like well-designed it is and how fluid the gameplay is. So it's really nice to be able to get like a spiritual successor to that because we haven't had a new Left 4 Dead in like 10 years or so. Um, so that's coming out in October, which I'm really excited for. Hell yeah. Uh, okay, last one. This is this is one we've definitely got to end on. Breath of the Wild 2. I am excited for it, but I only started playing the first Breath of the Wild like about a week ago. <laughs> wow. So I'm really behind. Nice. Yeah. Mm, I, have, I have feelings about this because um, I... I'm a huge Zelda fan in general. Like, I I think Ocarina of Time is probably my favorite game of all time. Um, I played all the kind of, even like the kind of worst DS ones, like Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks. And like, um, I had like, I got the Majora's Mask 3DS version, like I had Twilight Princess on Wii, blah, blah, blah. Like, I have managed to play like most of them um, somehow. <laughs> um, and I re- it has a really, really... Um, um it has a it has a place in my heart the series i just absolutely adore it but and i know that everyone 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 loves breath of the wild but i find it i found it so hard to get into and it it I, i'm not it just more kind of breaks my heart that like that there's this kind of zelda content coming out and there was you know gameplay revealed and that and that kind of thing and everyone was so excited and it's the first time and like i i i haven't been that excited for it and it it really makes me sad <laughs> that um i'm not excited for it because the the whole series means so much to me um but i'm i'm very happy for everyone who is excited about it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i just find it the open world aspect of it is just um i usually do like like um, open environments but it's just too much for me i need some direction <laughs> I, i'm like where am i supposed to go tell me <laughs> um but yeah it, it i can see that it does look exciting um for a lot of people so i really hope it um kind of lives up to, to people's standards of the first one because those are very very high standards to me <laughs> <laughs> the trailer like it was nice to see some gameplay of it finally after being announced like so long ago but yeah the the the, the trailer doesn't really give too much away i guess about what it might be so it, it could it could well be like quite a different game from breath of the wild one um you never know really mm-hmm. I mean, it does look the same. It, well, I guess like <laughs> there's like there's so much about it they're keeping so sort of secret. Like, um, but mm. like it looked like there were like a lot of like different floating island like platform things, which might be like their own dungeons or something like that. Um, mm. Lots of people were comparing that to Skyward Sword, but I reckon that that actually feels a bit more like Wind Waker, sort of like in the way that's presented to you. All these you know different isolated locations dotted yeah. around that you can get to. Um, I think it was the idea of like because there's that clip of Link like falling through the sky. I think that probably gave <laughs> like, people like, sky with sword like vibes. Fortnite, <laughs> Fortnite style, like <laughs> dropping onto an island. The Legend of Zelda Fortnite. <laughs> um, but I think if like if if Breath of the Wild two can do more to sort of appeal to like the the older Zeldas like with Wind Waker, Skyward Sword kind of stuff, rather than like because mm. I think like maybe because Breath of the Wild for you didn't quite catch on because it was something that was brand new to the series you know like massive open world like 
uh, all these different things, and there weren't there weren't really that many dungeons were there either, um, which was a bit disappointing. Um, so like maybe they found maybe with the sequel they found a way to sort of get a nice balance between sort of like the newer Breath of the Wild and then the older classic Zelda formula. Um, it would be really nice to see a, like a better balance of that. I would love that. Please give us that, Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think that's about it, really. So we will wrap up there. This has been a longer episode than normal, but it's also been chattier, and I hope you've enjoyed listening. Thank you for listening. Um, and for your support with the lag remember you can leave us a like and a subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use uh, for listening be sure to check out new game plus online it is newgameplus.co.uk you can also follow us on twitter at newgameplus underscore uk you can find me on twitter at alex underscore dewing ollie you can find me on twitter at ollie writes and daisy uh, you can find me tweeting into the ether at Daisy Trelaw, T-R-E-L-O-A-R. <laughs> we still have this month's episode that will be coming out later this month, where we'll be discussing a wholesome game that I think would be very fit on a wholesome direct showcase itself and probably featured on it in the past. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. Bye! Goodbye! <laughs>